Do you want a smart lock, a 2K cam, and doorbell all in one? Now you can with Eufy, the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330. Easy to install. All you need is just a Phillips screwdriver. So easy that even I, yes, I figured out how to install it. It's a keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys, which, by the way, I didn't even have a key to my front door. Uh, yeah, I had to go through the garage, so I would be SOL if something were to happen, but not anymore with Eufy. It's keyless. You have no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge monthly fees. Your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage, and the customer service is top-notch now. Let's be real. I didn't have to use it. I figured out how to use that Phillips screwdriver to install. Trust me, guys. I, I, I'm not lying to you. It is extremely easy. But if you have issues with your Eufy or installation, be rest assured Eufy's on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Get it going on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast on the Fan Sided Podcasting Network, ArrowheadAttic.com. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. And we're back here on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. So this week we'll have one episode. Next week we'll be back to two episodes as we heat up this NFL offseason. We're going to start getting back into the swing of things in the offseason next week as we get free agency conversations going we get the cba talk finally decided and we'll have much more to talk about next week so this week just one episode today we're going to talk about mahomes the royals moving their home game which tells us when the start of the season will be the coronavirus and other nfl news let's start with mahomes this is about a week maybe two week old story now about patrick mahomes being willing to take a pay cut because he understands that the only way you're judged in your career, for the most part, is by Super Bowls. And you to win a Super Bowl, to put your team in the best position to win a Super Bowl, they must have their quarterback in a team on a team-friendly deal. Now, obviously, this doesn't mean anything right now. And I've been consistent in saying I don't care what players get made. Get your money, especially in football. Football is a sport where you don't have guaranteed contracts and you don't have a guaranteed career. Chris Davis in baseball, now granted, he has turned his career around, that career, he's turned it around in spring this season, but Chris Davis for the Orioles goes on a historic slump at the plate. Is awful, is one of the worst baseball players you've ever seen, and he still collects $20 million for being terrible. 
That security is not afforded to you in football, no matter how good you are. An injury takes away half your money. A poor season takes away half your money. So in football, I'm in favor of get your money, no matter the cost to the team, no matter anything. Get your money. So obviously, Mahomes can still get his money, and I wouldn't begrudge him, but the fact that he's even open to taking a pay cut is important to note as we move forward here in his contract coverage. Now, with all that being said, quarterback is the safest position to take a pay cut at because Mahomes is going to make that money up in endorsement deals, community events, and by being the quarterback. You're going to have that job security. Mahomes, no matter the injury... No matter a slump he goes in, there's always going to be teams wanting Mahomes, and you're not going to get rid of a player like Mahomes. Look how long Phillip Rivers has hung around. Phillip Rivers, on the back end of his career, is still being sought after, even though we know what he is. He's a good quarterback. And now, at the end of his career, he's a decent quarterback. He's not a winning quarterback. He's not a quarterback that can get you over the hump. But he's a fine quarterback, and he's still being sought after. So quarterback is a position in which you can take that pay cut. I want to see if Mahomes does it or not. Again, this does not by any means define his career, and it does not make him a better or worse player, a better or worse guy, if he takes a pay cut or not. But it's interesting that he's open to that, and he's self-aware enough to realize, if I want to win big, one of the best ways to put myself in that position is to take that pay cut. It's not the only way. Because you can pay your quarterback draft really well and continue to win. And Mahomes is good enough that you can pay your quarterback draft all right and still win. Because he can make those around him better. He has that rare trait to take over a team and lead a team and win games. In a sport that is so contingent on everyone around you, Patrick Mahomes is one of the few that can change a game. So that is why I don't care about this statement. I don't care about anything regarding his contract. Give him whatever he wants. No matter how big or small, give him that money. Figure out the rest later. Because there is no such thing as a bad investment when you're looking at Patrick Mahomes. Your return on investment is going to be greater than whatever you invested into him. Because he's Patrick Mahomes. So... I am so interested to see how this all unfolds, but I do not care one bit what he gets paid. How much or how little. Because again, no such thing as a bad number for Patrick Mahomes in my opinion. There is no number you could tell me in which I would have pause or reservation about giving Patrick Mahomes that much money. And there's no money you could tell me in which I would think, eh, maybe the Chiefs don't get, don't get their return on that. Maybe the Chiefs don't get the better end of that deal. There is no deal in which the Chiefs do not come out on top. Now, if you're other quarterbacks around the league, if you're Dak Prescott, Jimmy Garoppolo, even if you're Joe Burrow, you want Patrick Mahomes to take the most money possible because he's going to set your market. We always hear every offseason, so-and-so's the new highest-paid quarterback. At one time, Matthew Stafford was the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history. And it, gets, and it gets broken and topped every single year. That ends when Mahomes signs his contract. It ends. 
because you are not better than Patrick Mahomes. It's like in baseball. You see the Harper contract. You see the Machado contract. Heck, you even see the Eric Hosmer contract. You see all these deals being handed out. That all ended, and that all is going to end, as Mike Trout signed his deal, because you're not better than Mike Trout. So Mookie Betts, I'm sorry, you're the second best player in baseball, but you're not going to be the highest paid player because we've already paid Mike Trout. As a, as a baseball society, Mike Trout's been paid. You're not topping that. You're not better than that. I think that that's what's going to happen in football. I think that's what's going to happen in baseball. These, these top guys are going to set the market, and that's how it's going to go. Now, that doesn't happen in basketball because they have max contracts. So you can't help it whenever you're due for your max contract. You're just going to get whatever the salary cap says. But I think from, from a baseball standpoint and a football standpoint, Trout and Mahomes are going to set the market. Trout already has. Mahomes will either this offseason or next offseason. And it seems that the later we get, it seems like that contract comes next offseason for Patrick Mahomes. Now, the Royals moved their home game on September 10th. It was scheduled to play the Athletics. They changed that to a doubleheader, I believe, on Tuesday. I should know this as the host of the Lockdown Royals podcast, but that's on down the line. We'll figure that out later. But it was scheduled for September 10th. They moved it to now that's an off day to where they're not playing at the K, and that's a Thursday, which signifies that the NFL returns on Thursday, September 10th. They needed to change their home game because... The Chiefs, of course, are going to open the year at Arrowhead on September 10th as the reigning Super Bowl champions. Will there be fans there? We don't know. Who knows what this coronavirus, Corolla, Corona, whatever, Corolla. We should name the next virus Corolla. Wasn't that an old cell phone company, Corolla? I don't know. But it will happen September 10th. Barring that there's any humans left on the planet after the coronavirus, but it will happen on September 10th. So that's something to note as we move forward in this offseason. September 10th is that target date to get football back in your life in the regular season. As far as other breaking news for the Chiefs, Matt Kafka has been promoted to passing game coordinator. I'm not one who likes the whole, he's a running game coordinator, he's a passing game coordinator, he's your special teams punt, pass, and kick coordinator, he's your get off the bus in a straight line coordinator. I'm not one for all these coordinators. Matt Kafka was your quarterback coach. Eric Bieniemy was your offensive coordinator. That was pretty cut and dry. I don't need a tight ends coordinator. I need a tight ends coach. But he's been promoted, and I think that this is just a, a carrot to dangle out in front of Mike Kafka and say, hey, don't go anywhere yet. Don't go anywhere yet. Because I truly believe that he's the next in line. You go from Peterson to Nagy to Bieniemy, and once Bieniemy finally gets that head coaching job, which I think will happen this upcoming offseason. Not right now, obviously, but this upcoming one after this season. I think Matt Kafka's the next in line. Matt Kafka's going to be your offensive coordinator, and then he's going to get a job. Probably quicker than Eric Bieniemy, but we won't talk about that. Matt Kafka getting promoted is fine. It does. It literally does nothing. I mean, we, we already as a collective football group think, we all think that Bieniemy does nothing, and he's the offensive coordinator. So your passing and coordinator is totally going to do nothing as well. It's just a title to have. Granted, I do not think BNME does nothing, but that's kind of the general idea behind BNME. But nonetheless, Matt Kafka is your quarterback coach and your passing game coordinator. I don't care. I, I don't think that that title means anything more than the quarterback coach. 
it gets him in the room with the enemy. He's in the room where it happens, but he's still got to wait his turn to be the offensive coordinator until the enemy gets that head coaching job. Here's the thing, though. Let's say, worst case scenario, the enemy gets passed over again. If the enemy gets passed over again, I think this is the final year of Kafka. This offseason is going to be, this next offseason is going to be Kafka or the enemy. Someone's got to go. Either the enemy has to make that leap as a head coach, or Kafka, or Kafka is going to make that leap as an offensive coordinator. He's going to join someone else's staff. It's an interesting dynamic because I truly believe in both of them. I believe in Matt Kafka's ability to progress as a offensive coordinator and develop guys and be a strong influence on these guys from a personal level, the same way the enemy has been. I also believe in the enemy as a head coach candidate. So I'm interested to see how this unfolds. I don't think both of them are gone. I think one of them is for sure gone though. After this season, whether it's the enemy finally getting that job or Kafka getting tired of waiting for the enemy to get that job. And he goes and takes one himself as an offensive coordinator. So let's talk about the coronavirus. And the NFL is still months away. We just talked about it. It's going to open up on September 10th. Hopefully, for the world's sake, this virus does not last until September 10th, whenever we're still having shutdowns and government regulations on what we can do and what we can't do, and where we can gather and where we can't gather. Hopefully, it does not, that does not carry all the way over to September. If it does, we're in trouble. But... What it does impact, I think, is the NFL draft. The NFL draft, no matter where it's at, is always a public event. It's always a party. It's always a gathering. It's always a show. And this was going to be the biggest one yet. You always entertain fans at the draft in Tennessee, Philadelphia, and Dallas. You see fans lining up in droves to just sit there and listen to Roger Goodell And whatever C-list team favorite legend goes out there and reads off a name that they can barely pronounce. Somehow, fans love to do that. And this was going to be the biggest one yet in Vegas this year in a few weeks. I mean, it's, it's getting close to April. I think that's in jeopardy now because of the coronavirus. There's no word from the NFL yet about that. But as we get closer and closer, and we're just now getting to the tip of the iceberg on this coronavirus, I don't see a way in which it's not going to be limited to just media, the NFL personnel, the players, and the players' family. I think that's what we see in the NFL draft. I hope I'm wrong. I hope by then it's contained and we can go back to our normal routines of gathering and having fun and and doing all that stuff. But it's something to watch out for as we progress. Again, the coronavirus should not impact the season, but it could impact the NFL draft. But for those of us who aren't going to Vegas, it doesn't really impact us at all. So that's good on that front. Hopefully everyone is washing their hands and staying safe out there. Let's talk about some NFL news before we get out of here again. There's not much to talk about. Not much at all on today's show as we're in kind of that dead period of the NFL before we uh, you know, revamp for free agency and really get into the draft day coverage. A.J. Bruyer was traded to the Broncos 
for a fourth round pick. And I love this move for the Broncos. I think AJ has still a ton of talent and is still one of the best cornerbacks in this league to get him for a fourth round pick is impressive. I also like this move though for the Jaguars. They have like 10 picks in this draft coming up. You're not a good team. At best next year, you are going to be a nine and seven playoff team in the, on the bubble. Screw all that. Just scrap that plan. Give me all the picks that you can handle and rebuild that team to a good enough core to where you can be a legitimate contender. Because let's face it again, being a nine and seven team and getting bounced in the first round, while it's fun to say you were a playoff team, really doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything, really, if you're bouncing wild card weekend. So I think the Jags are doing a good job. I also think that the Broncos are doing a good job. I mean, I would gladly take AJ for a fourth round pick if I'm Denver. And again, if you're if you're Jacksonville, you know, good good move too. This is a rare win-win move, unlike this next move where the Chargers get Trey Turner for Russell Okun. Trey Turner, the Pro Bowl offensive lineman from the Panthers. What are the Panthers thinking? The Chargers just got immensely better, and all they did was swap a lineman for a lineman. That's all. What were they thinking? I like Trey Turner's game a lot. Granted, you're going to have to pay him, you know, this next offseason. That's fine. He's worth it. He's a tremendous get. He's much better than Russell Okun. But nonetheless, these two moves to me do not move the needle on their win outlook, you know, their win proje- projections for the Broncos or the Chargers. But it's still improvements. And let's see what else they do this offseason. I don't think anyone in this division can catch the Chiefs, honestly. Even without the homer pick, even without the homer bias of the Chiefs fan in me, I don't think that there's a situation in which the Raiders, the Chargers, the Broncos make enough moves that can get them to the Chiefs level. But as of right now, they're they're all making pretty smart moves as of right now. So we'll see if that continues throughout the offseason. Speaking of former players in the AFC West... I don't know how he made that transition, but nonetheless, Phillip Rivers is being looked at by the Colts, and that's really the only team that's been hot on him so far this offseason is is the Colts. It's fine. They have a good offensive line that can help him a ton. Really good offensive line. I don't trust their weapons with him. I don't think, again, I don't think he moves the needle more than Jacoby Brissett. I think all you're doing here is moving from a talented, upside, mobile Jacoby Brissett to a old, non-mobile Jacoby Brissett. I mean, the two quarterbacks are separated by their athleticism. Of course, Brissett has some. Rivers has none. I'd rather take the upside in Brissett, and maybe he has that breakout year. Maybe he puts it all together. Maybe he gets that next gear in his career as he's played a full season as a starter. Maybe that happens. There's no upside in Rivers, and he's not a plug-and-play quarterback. He's he's going to be serviceable. He's going to be fine, but he's not going to be the difference maker in your team, more so than Jacoby Brissett would have. You're not going to win more games because you go from Brissett to Rivers. So I don't know if I'd, if I'd sign Rivers. 
Of course, it depends on the contract. I, I don't know. I, I just don't see a team in position that should go after Philip Rivers. I really don't. And then the last story I wanted to talk about was Jalen Hurts. So I've watched every game of Hurts' career at Oklahoma. His stats look a lot better than his play does, folks. If you actually go put the tape on, he rarely had good games at quarterback. Rarely. I I really can only think of two games where he played very well as a quarterback. And even as a runner, he was loose with the football. I, I just didn't like what he had at Oklahoma. Whenever he signed there to transfer there with Lincoln Riley, you expected a whole transformation in his game, and there wasn't one. He was the same guy. He was the same guy he was with Nick Saban, and he had C.D. Lamb, and he had, and he had Charleston Rambo, and he had all these weapons. The same guy. Granted, he had a lot of weapons at Alabama as well, but he had an offensive-minded head coach. He had an offensive-minded scheme. He had a scheme that has produced Kyler Murray, has produced Baker Mayfield, and gotten out of them more talent than their previous stops. Texas Tech had Mayfield. A&M had Kyler Murray. None of them made it work. He go, they go to Lincoln Riley. They're Heisman Trophy winners. They're first overall picks. We love the story of Jalen Hurts, but we don't like the tape. Jalen Hurts is a good guy. You like his mentality. I like his mentality. He's a hard nose, going to work hard, going to put in the effort. He would be on my number one overall pick if it was being solely based on effort. Solely based on who wants to be good. Because I don't think there's a guy in this draft that wants to be good more than Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is motivated and he has that mentality to work hard and to outwork somebody. And he wants to outwork somebody. But he's just not that good at quarterback. And frankly... He doesn't have the size, the talent, or athleticism to be a good anything in the NFL. Maybe a Taysom Hill. He, I mean, can, is he fast enough? Can he catch the ball like Taysom Hill can? I don't know. I don't think so. But Taysom Hill would be his ceiling, in my opinion. And you have these reports from The Athletic saying he's going to go in the second round. Hey, give me a break. Are we that desperate for quarterbacks that we're going to Reach on Jalen Hurts in the second round. Now, I love the kid. Everything you read about him, he's a good guy. He understands what it takes to be a pro. He understands the work you need to put in, and he wants to put in that work. He doesn't want to get paid. He doesn't want to just make it and fizzle out. He truly loves the grind of it all, more so than the fame, more so than the money, more so than the popularity. He's one of those guys that just works hard. Credit to him. But his talent level just is not there. It's just not. He's never going to be a starting quarterback in this league. The best case scenario for Jalen Hurts in terms of in terms of consistent playing time is Tyson Hill. Good living, by the way. But you you rarely ever you rarely ever get to that ceiling. What I think of Jalen Hurts, truly and honestly, is a very good backup quarterback. A guy like Matt Moore, 
Patrick Mahomes goes down. Your starter goes down. He does enough to keep you afloat. He doesn't lose you a game. Which was his problem at Oklahoma, by the way. He almost did too much. Fumble the ball. Try to make that long pass. But I just don't see how he can even be considered for a second round pick. Those picks are so valuable in that second round. That if you wasted one on Jalen Hurts, I don't know how I don't know how you could justify that. I don't know what team could justify Jalen Hurts in the second round. I'd pick him in the third. I mean, I wouldn't even pick him in the third. I'd pick him in the fourth, fifth. Somewhere in that range. Now, he's going to pass the interviews with flying colors. He's going to pass the whiteboard test with flying colors. He's going to pass the Wonderlick test with flying colors. But on the field, he's not that good. And again, that's something that some fans don't like to hear because they do like the kid. They want to root for him, and I want to root for him. But I don't see how he can be a second-round pick. I don't see how he can be Taysom Hill. That would be his absolute ceiling is Taysom Hill. But if we want to shift over to a positive for him, because I, I really don't want to keep bashing him, because I do like him. I like him a lot. I like his mentality. I like his personality. The positive for Jalen Hurts is that he can be that guy who keeps you afloat. He can be that guy for a game, two, three, goes out and plays well in a certain system. If he has Andy Reid protecting him, if he has Cliff Kingsbury protecting him, if he has competent offensive coaches protecting him, he can be a guy who keeps you afloat. He doesn't go out there and win you games. He doesn't go out there and lose you games. He keeps you at 500. And that's not worth a second-round pick to me. Because, number one, it's good to have that. Hopefully, you'll never need it. Number two, you probably won't need it. Now, granted, the Chiefs needed it this year from Matt Moore. And look at that. They got it off the street from a guy who was coaching high school football in August. So I'm not spending a second-round pick on that. As much as I like uh, Jalen Hurts, as much as he threw well today in his pro day, I'm not going to draft Jalen Hurts in the second round. And I'm not sure how you can justify that. But we'll see about where he goes, and we'll talk more about that as we get closer to the draft coverage. I just can't believe that a, a credible site, a credible you know, entity like The Athletic would project him and, and say that they're hearing that he is a second-round pick. That's, that's mind-boggling to me. Absolutely mind-boggling to me. Now, again, the Arrowhead Attic Podcast will be back next week with two episodes, Tuesday, Thursday, from here until the until at least after the draft. After the draft, we'll reevaluate and see if we maybe shift to one episode until training camp, and then at training camp, be back to two episodes a week from then until the offseason again. So, again, one episode this week, two next week until the end of the draft, and then we'll go from there. So thank you all for listening to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast on the ArrowheadAddict.com website, a part of the Fansided Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Let me know what you think about all of these topics we discussed, and let me know if you have any questions you want answered on the show. I'm always open to answering and, and 
taking questions from you guys. I want the show to be very interactive with its listeners. Again, I'm Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Leave a review. Tell me what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. Subscribe. All that good stuff. Be good and be good to one another. And we'll see you next week right here on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.